Guys, welcome back to another episode of the Airbnb Nomads podcast. And on this week's Property Education Masterclass, we are joined by the incredible Kelly Maxfield. Now, Kelly's gonna be talking about her journey from being made redundant from her long-term corporate job and how she managed to find her way into building a six-figure serviced accommodation business where her and her husband now live a life of complete freedom, of complete design, traveling the world while running their very passive serviced accommodation business. It's an incredibly inspiring conversation. You definitely want to stick around and hear the entire subject. It's really going to show you what's possible if you have some grit, some determination, and get out there and get it done. So here we go. Let's go. Kelly, thanks for joining me on the podcast. Thanks for having me. How are we doing? Good, good. Another nice wet day in Peterborough. Oh, yeah, glorious. How's the drive? Very wet. About as rubbish as mine. No yeah, doubt. aquaplaning down the motorway. Aquaplaning. <laughs> Everyone loves a bit of aquaplaning. Right, I'm excited for this episode because I think that the, I think, and I said to you before we started, I haven't looked too much into you because mm-hmm. I like things to kind of unfold naturally in these in these conversations. Yeah. But obviously I know a little bit about what you've done, where you are, what you've achieved and the kind of life that you've created and carved out for yourself mm-hmm. up to this point. And I think you are already in a very short space of time in a place where a lot of people are desperately trying to get to, right? And mm-hmm. I think very few people realistically are going to get there. So I think this is inspiring to listen to, especially because of the space the amount of time that you've taken to get to where you are yeah so i'm really and 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 i think you've gone about it in a very unique way and that's going to come out in this podcast there's some things that you've done differently that i've already picked up on during our brief conversation leading up to this point that is very very different and Mm. very unique and i think it's very very interesting that you've kind of you've swum upstream a little bit you've gone against the (laughs) masses right you haven't gone down the original road which is what we're all told to do and you know load up on the courses and consume 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 you've just kind of gone for it you've jumped in and you've been and you've achieved a success (laughs) yeah you've covered your eyes you've blindfolded and you've jumped in but what's interesting is it's worked Mm -hmm. so let's start at the beginning right let's go back rewind a little bit Mm -hmm. tell me a little bit about your background Mm -hmm. um where did it all begin um, so I actually purchased my first house when I was 17, so I couldn't even get a mortgage at that point. Um, I managed to get it a cash cash deal, six grand, like an absolute steal. Six thousand. Six thousand pounds my first house. Right yeah. House. Um, and in in those days, I mean, this was 97 ish, I think. Um, in those days, the average house price in that area was probably about 20, 25 anyway. So they were they were quite cheap, but this particular house. We had a survey done. I think I was getting it for about 16 grand anyway because um, it needed everything doing. Wow. Um, and we had a survey done. They said it needed underpinning. So no one had given me a mortgage on it. So, I mean, my dad was the driving force behind this anyway. Being So I don't know if he just wanted rid of me out of the house. I'm not really sure. But he was the one who kind of said, well, let's just, we'll offer him five grand cash. Did, 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 did you know, Kelly, sorry to, to jump in, but did you, because that's quite rare, right? For a 17-year-old to be trying to buy a property. Yeah. So... Why was that? Did you already kind of understand the benefits of getting on the property ladder at a young age? Or was I it think more- it was more my dad did. So my brother had a house a few doors down. Um, he's like three years older than me. It was his first property. And this came up and my dad just saw a great opportunity right. thinking, you know, although I was young, it was yeah. like, just get me on the ladder kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it was a nice street. And 
I had the money put away anyway. Um, I had kind of like a, a policy that I'd saved up like a, an ISA over, over years and stuff. So I had the money cash to be able to, to buy it uh, or to put a deposit down at least at that point. But we ended up just using that to purchase it. I got a mortgage for like 12 grand. We, we made it like new, new roof, fully plastered. You know, it was completely, completely wow. refit out. But that again was my dad. Learned a lot from my dad because, you know, me and my husband, who was my boyfriend at the time, we'd sit in front of the TV on a Saturday morning. My dad would be putting the roof on, <laughs> you know, wow. refurbing it. He, he really kind of wanted to give us a head start. So was your father in property? No, no, not at all. It was just, no. He just understood the, the power yeah, of it. And yeah. He was, so yeah. was he investing along, along his, no. alongside his job? Or? No, no. I think he just had that insight to want to set us up a little Get bit. So even though, I mean, my dad, we wouldn't have done it without my dad, but it was all my money. It wasn't like I was given thousands of pounds and said, you know, yeah. here's a house kind of thing. So, I mean, we did some of the work ourselves as well. We learned a little bit along the way. Um, and then we, we probably only lived there for about three years and ended up buying a new build. And we just bought, we just seemed to buy and sell at a time where we've, even though we didn't invest in property at that time as trying to invest and make any money, we've just seemed to have bought and sold and made money on every residential property that we'd lived on in since. Did, did you understand at that point what you was doing and the power sounds to me the name right the the, the, the name for this would be kind of momentum investing right yeah. so you're, you're buying a property you're fixing it up you're you know you're putting out that equity you're moving on to something nicer yeah. and bigger and more expensive yeah that's so what did, we, did you understand what you was doing or i did then from that point from that first time we sold i found a real interesting property at that point but we always we were just lucky that we weren't big diyers um we had no real Welcome to my world. <laughs> Both working full time, and, and when, well, at that point, I wasn't. We had um, our daughter at um, at twenty, so we were young when when we started our family. So, and, and Rick worked away a lot, so we, we weren't in a position really to do a lot of work to properties or anything like that. We just tended to buy new ones first phase. Um, off just plan made, or? yeah, just off plan, okay. and just made, and and a lot of people say that's not the way to do it. Like, don't buy new properties. The the lose money we've made we've only ever lived in new properties up until our recent one yeah and just over time just made money you know 18 months 60 grand you know without doing a thing to it yeah so and at that point i've never been emotional about houses i don't feel like when you raise your family that oh i'm not getting rid of that house because my memories are there it's just bricks and mortar yeah yeah and the first new build that we bought i bought it because there was um the same builder had uh, an estate in the same village a few streets away and they were selling for 30 grand more secondhand and these were going off plan so straight away I was just like we'll yeah. make money with this it wasn't the layout that I wanted it wasn't the size I wanted but I knew that it'd get us to the next level yeah and we've done that a couple of times since um, and we ended up in a really nice property where the kids grew up three-story six bed really nice house right, right we weren't on a massive wage we just never had a very big mortgage because we tended to sell and then we'd buy things yeah. That you know, slightly, a lot lower, slightly, yeah, slightly yeah, lower. below below market value, basically. It, this, this is the you know, and we haven't even spoke about what you was doing for a job at this point, but but just what you've just gone into there, for me, underpins all of the basics around property ownership and why it's just the best strategy yeah. or the best investment vehicle. without even trying. Sometimes you right. can just make more than you would make on a salary. And, and this is when when people are like, well, you know, property is a bit risky and the market goes up and down. It's like, yeah, the market does go up and down. But you don't even have to be in property to be educated about it or even care about it. To take a quick look at a chart and just see that. Yeah. Right? Over yeah. time, it's always going up. Basic fundamental, basic economics, right? Supply yeah. and demand. There's not enough properties for people. It'll always go up. And if you buy into hold for the long term, we get a bit going a bit off the subject. Here. <laughs> 
But if you're buying to hold for the long term, you literally cannot lose. Yeah. Right. The only yeah. way you can really lose in property is if you're flipping. If you're buying, you know, trying to add some value and then and then and then offloading it, then yeah, okay, you're a little bit at the mercy of the economy. If there's a crash, if there's other economic kind of factors, then yeah, yeah that could be an issue. But if you're buying to hold or you're buying to live in and then just the general kind of uplift, you're yeah. always going to win, right? Yeah, exactly. So exactly. that's amazing. So what was you doing as a career alongside that? Because obviously you're not in the property, as you just said, to make money. It yeah. was just a natural kind of uplift. So yeah. what, was your, what was your career? So um, early on, I wasn't working. I just stayed home with the kids until um, my oldest was seven my, when my youngest went to nursery. And Rick worked away a lot. He was working on cooling towers and stuff. And he used to work abroad three, four weeks at a time. So it was difficult, really. It was a difficult Sounds time. Like um, and then when the kids went to school, I got a job um, at a waste management company for a few years. Learned a lot of accounts skills and stuff there. Um, and then I went on to the job that I'd been in up until last December. I'd been there for about 13 years. Um, and basically with that, it was just trailer rental, nothing to do with property. Trailer rental. Trailer rental. Tell yeah. me a bit about that. So um, so I started, basically, I was the first employee of the company, just a small company. Um, and I just started purchase ledger, sales ledger, credit control. And as it grew and grew and grew, um, I just took on more responsibilities and kind of handed the job down to new people who came in. Okay. I worked my way up to ops manager. Your timing is is impeccable. <laughs> it sounds like everything that you touch, it's like... <laughs> So yeah, I had a really, really good good career there. Um, really enjoyed the work there. It, it got to a point, it got really, really toxic in the end, unfortunately. It was similar to what you were speaking about before. New new directorship, mm -hmm. yeah. new management took over. Everything fortunately, changes. Fortunately, yeah, it just went downhill. If you love to travel like me and you understand the power in escaping the money for time exchange trap, but you just don't know how to do it, then building an Airbnb consultancy business could be exactly what you have been looking for. Right now in the UK, there is a completely untapped opportunity through helping struggling Airbnb hosts by turning around their underperforming properties and generating you huge commission payments in the process. We are going to teach you all of the tools and all of the techniques that we've learned over the last five years through building our very own multiple six-figure Airbnb business, arming you with everything that you need to swoop in and save the day. Minimal startup costs, zero risk, and almost unlimited potential. Sound good? Welcome to the Airbnb Consultant. Contact us through any of the channels included in the studio notes to get the conversation started. Um, so when you say trailer rental, you, it is what it says on the tin. It's we buy trailers. trailers, we finance them, we maintain them, we rent them out to customers. Are we talking about? I'm just trying to imagine in my head. Are we talking about like huge trailers? Yes. Like lorry, yeah. Or? Yeah. The big lorry trailers, fridge trailers, mm. curtain siders, things mm. like that. So okay. yeah, nothing, nothing to do with property whatsoever. Right. Um, but always in the background, I always had this interest in property. I always loved. I always wanted to be a landlord. I always wanted to to buy houses and rent them out. I was always too scared. It was the fear that that stopped me, even though I knew they'd made us money yeah. over time. And that, I think and, that, it, and that was just, that wasn't even trying. That was no, just, no. So you're like, okay, just, if I tried to do this and actually, yeah. okay, so you was interested in it. Yeah. You're, in, you're in your job, you're in your career, but in the back of your mind, you're like, okay, this property thing, there might be something to it. So 
How far back are we going now you, when you're in the so Schroeder company? So we opened the company th- three years ago this month. So it's been about two and a half years since we bought our first one. So by the time we'd bought our first one, it'd be like three years in June by the time we completed on it and okay. started to do the refurb. So like two and a half years actively. In the service accommodation business? No, we started off, um, our, our plan was not, we had it in the back of our mind, service accommodation, we wanted, mm-hmm. but again, we knew nothing about it, right, a little right, bit scared. Right, right. Um, so we were just doing BRR. Okay. Our, Okay, right, got you. So when we're talking about, I'm just kind of, you know, working my way down the timeline. When you was doing in the trailer hire company, mm. how far back was that? How far back are we going? Four or five years, maybe? Or longer? What, that I worked there for? That you worked there? That you was 13 just in a, years. 13, 13 years? 13, I was there a long time, yeah. Wow, okay. Yeah, a long time. And then... There was a change in management that didn't yeah. get sold or something? Or was it, how did we, it We got toxic? took over by a big, um, a big organisation, probably about four or five years into me, me being there but that still that still was fine um, and it was at a point where our director was looking to retire and move on right. um, and mm. they were advertising for general manager mm. and I applied for that job bearing in mind I mean I knew that company inside out I was the only one that did everybody else there was, was the a lot newer than me I was the first one I'd done every literally every single job I'd been financial controller I'd been operations, I'd been purchase ledger, so I'd done everything, out. kind of covered everything. I didn't get the job and and that's fair enough. And and looking back at it now, obviously it's the best thing sure. that happened, but it, the, the, just the, the toxic way it was done, like the, it was not my managers who told me I didn't get the job. It was the recruitment agency that they were using, told me, I think, you know, I've been there for 13 years so and it's like, come on. That's, yeah. And that's... It, it just made me think, this, you know, the, in, the, in the end, you don't get looked at. No matter how much you think you're going to get looked after, you don't get looked after. People will turn on you, you know. A couple of things there. It, 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 initially, as you're talking about that, obviously, you should have got that job, right? So I'm thinking, and I don't know how much of a believer you are in this, but do you think maybe based on where you are now and where maybe you would have been if you had got that job, do you think maybe it was like, a little bit woo-woo, but do you think maybe it was like the universe like stepping in? I believe in, in and, that, absolutely. I believe in that. Because why else wouldn't you have got that job? Some people do say they don't want to believe in that because then you're kind of leaving everything to the universe and you're not in control. But I don't think that's true because no. I think the way that you react to situations, the way you conduct yourself with these things that happen are yeah. the things that guide you to absolutely. where you're going. So it's not just that, you know, I didn't get that job. So, you know, it's, it's up to them that, that I'm successful. Now, it's not. It's because I took that and I said, right, exactly. that's fine, you know. Gonna, I know what I need to do now. Yeah, you could have seen it as a negative, could have got you down, could have, you know, yeah. stepped back and got into a lesser job. Yeah. But instead you used it as momentum to move forward. Yeah. The other thing that kind of comes up as you're speaking, um, and maybe I'll tell my story briefly about what I experienced with my organisation, but there's no loyalty, right, in business. When you're in a career, and this is another thing, another reason why I'm a big advocate for entrepreneurship, building your own business, being completely self-reliant. You you and your family are the only people that you can rely on, yeah. right? And sometimes, unfortunately, family can be a bit of a push at times for, for some unfortunate people. Mm. But when you're in a job or a career and you give it your all, your everything, the best years of your life, and you sit back and you think, you know what, they're going to look after me. And then they turn around and they, and they stab you in the back. You know the reason I was given why I didn't get the job? I didn't have enough commercial experience. I've not been obviously out in the right. big wide business world right, enough right. because I'd worked for them for 13 years. So, right. 
So I, I did actually say to the recruitment guy at the time, well, there's only way, one way to remedy that then, isn't there? Yeah. You know, there's only one way and it's... So their excuse was that they wanted to build the business and they wanted to bring in someone with more commercial experience and more business building experience. Yeah, yeah, which at the time I thought, fair enough, you're going to bring in somebody who's been in the industry for years, knows it like the back of the hand, <clears throat> and that wasn't the case. And the, the business is just, the turnover of staff since, while I was there and since, is just unbelievable because it's just a toxic management system yeah. in there. So, so. Did you, so did you choose to leave after you got the job? You know what, I didn't because... I'd been there that long and I kind of got left alone, even though it was a very toxic place. I'd been through a lot there and I thought, well, you, you're not going to drive me out. I was happy. I loved my job. I was yeah. really good at my job and I loved it. And everyone came to me, you know, and I got on really well with all the staff. It was, you know, the management that were just awful. Um, so I, and I was working from home quite a lot. I was left to it. I knew what I was doing. So I was like, fine. I had a plan. We did say a couple of years would be, we'd be gone anyway. But luckily, um, I got a phone call from the director saying that HR, the company that owns us, the HR department, wanted to catch up with me. So he wasn't uh, even brave enough to, to, you know, face me with anything. So they wanted to catch up. So then I've, I knew. I've, I've, I've had one of those catch-up meetings. I knew, because I'm thinking, I've only ever met this guy once who wants to catch up with me. So I, I rang my dad, actually, on the way there. Because part of me is thinking, are they going to actually, <clears> because I've been there that long, are they going to ask me, what's going on at the place? Why is the turnover so bad, Kelly? You know, you've been here a lot of years. Yeah. I kind of thought that was where it yeah. was going. But in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, uh, you know, do, I think I knew a little bit too much about certain situations. And right. part of me was thinking, you and my dad got made redundant. Knowledge. So I rang him on the way and said, you know, when this happened, did they give you any warning or did they just call you to head office? He was like, oh, no, they just called me in. I was like, Isn't this is it. This is it. I think, you know, I've had experiences, and I'll talk about it in a second, kind of similar to what you're talking about that kind of underlying you know backstabbing and, and politics that goes on yeah. when you're in a big corporate environment and I don't think I don't think a lot of people understand that who haven't been in that in that environment no how much you can literally be the best at your job know everything there is to know about the company be the best person for that job but if you ruffle the feathers of the wrong person yeah. know something about the wrong person and they've got the power. Yeah. You're gone. Yeah, that's how it got in the end. Uh, but I was actually, after the meeting, because I think the guy, I mean, like I said, I only met him once or twice. He was a director of HR. I think he was really shocked at my reaction because I was like, right, okay. You know, there was no crying, no. He's like, were you expecting this? I thought I said, no, totally out of the blue. But then they were talking me through. But all the time in my mind, I was thinking, because we'd bought, I think we had, I don't know if we had all five at that point, or we were maybe completing on the last one or two. Um, so I, we were building this business anyway, and right. my mind was just racing at the time of like, this is it. You saw the this opportunity. Oh, yeah. I was dancing in the car on the way home with the music on Amazing. because I knew I'd been there a long time. So, I'm, you know. And, and this is, this is the, as I'm doing this podcast, right, I'm meeting people like yourself. There's a common thing. And this is what's interesting about these podcasts when you dig deep into someone's story, and it always comes back to the same thing. There was some kind of adversity. Mm -hmm. There was something that happened that was a negative that would potentially upset, break, bring down the majority of people, right? And go, mm. fuck, you know, I lost my job. What am I going to do? I've been there 20 years. I'm useless. I can't do anything. I'm too old. Da, da, da. All of these negatives, right, come mm. out. But the people that take that negative and see the opportunity that comes with it. Yeah. That the freedom that now allows them to go after their goals that are already there in the back of their mind yeah. and take it and go, okay, 
this is my opportunity. Yeah. And then they take it and they turn it into a positive. That is something that I'm picking up over and over in, yeah. again on these podcasts. Yeah. And, and you just saying the same thing. Like you, I say, I think it's how you react. To, yeah. You know, life is always going to throw situations at you. And it's what you do then to deal with that. Yeah. And, you know, you might do something that doesn't work. But, it, you know, yeah. you don't fail until you've stopped trying. Yeah. You know. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I know people very close to me. And, you know, this isn't... I'm, I'm not putting anyone down, saying anything negative. They're very, very happy in, in their life and what they've achieved and all the rest of it. But there are people that spend their whole life in one job, right? And it's because it's comfortable. It's because it's easy. It's because they know it and they get that. What you was explaining, when you was at that job for so long that people were coming to you. You had some authority, right? You knew it inside out. And that's nice. It's yeah. nice to feel that way. Yeah. But I think in the back of people's minds, if you're only ever in one job or one career and you don't try anything else that maybe is, is, is there just like at the back of your brain thinking, come on, try me, try me, try me. If you don't ever give yourself that chance, I think most people at the end of it will look back and go, what if? Yeah. Right. Yeah. What yeah. if I'd have tried? What would have happened? How would my life turned out? And we can all do that. Like we all, we're, we're all in situations. I've had more than I can count times in my life where an opportunity has come up or there's been two doors right and it's like do you want to go left do you want to go right and you have to make a decision but you can't help look back and think okay i'm here now what if i'd have taken that door yeah but if you take a door right if you take a chance at least you can say i tried yeah right so really there's no downside to it okay so you're out the job you're out the um the the trailer hire business Mm -hmm. you're now classing yourself as like self-employed I'm going to give this entrepreneurial thing a go yeah yeah totally lost in the beginning because it was just a shock to the system and and we'd spent the the prior year so we the the house the last big house that we'd bought that I said that we'd raised the kids in um that that one we ended up selling um just was it about 20 we'd bought we'd bought two or three rental properties and I just said like my husband had wanted to downsize for years as the kids grew up and went to uni um, so the kids are gone now they kids are gone the 25 and 22 on on Monday yeah so the kids are grown up it was when they went to uni as well we had a, a complete rethink yeah well like, let's downsize the house so we took some equity as well out the house um to buy a couple of properties massively downsized and See, then that that sorry to jump in again but that's another step that you casually say and probably don't even realize what you did there but that is another thing that you did that, that that's kind of catapulted you to where you, most people wouldn't have done that hmm. they would have gone okay the kids have gone now we've got this lovely big house more than we need with a big mortgage but we can like sit back and enjoy it all yeah but you were like no we need to cash in yeah. take everything that we can get in order to move us forward now yeah yeah awesome yeah so how did that go? It went, well, I mean, again, like I said, we're not DIYers and we ended up, so we sold our house that needed nothing doing to it at all. Um, moved into this three bed semi, lovely little house, but it was, well, it was horrific when we bought it. Um, so this was the first a, house that you were buying that wasn't a ready to go turnkey? Yeah, yeah, apart from the first one, yeah. But like I say, my dad, my dad really did the majority of that. So yeah, the first one of us doing was, it ourselves was there any um anxiety around that like living in a place that needed a lot of we work just on? didn't think about it you know we just had this plan of right we want to buy more houses yeah we'll just live there we'll do it up as we're living there i mean we had to have a full rewire i was sat working from home and there was just like chiving all the walls flying, out yeah. and we lived in rubble for such a and that's just not us at all but it's, it's quite funny, like we've said, we've never, ever looked back and, and missed that lovely, comfy house that we had. We never said, oh, I wish we'd never done this. We just knew, no matter how uncomfortable it was, we could see the end, you know. Um, so we reno- fully renovated the house, built an extension, um, 
and it's just it's brilliant now just for us two. It's a bit crowded when the kids come home now and bring mm -hmm. the partners and whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we spent a year doing that. Um, and then as soon as we'd finished that, then I got made redundant just as we moved in. Okay. So we had Christmas, so we had, I had a bit of time really. The kids were home and, you know, from uni and from work and stuff. So I didn't have a lot of time to properly think about it until the new year. But then um, there was another property that we'd just completed on before I got made redundant, which needed refurbing. So I was just doing that every day. But then at that point, Rick was gutted. He was ringing me from work just saying, I, I want to be doing this with you. I want to, you know what I mean? Right. He was kind so of missing it. out. Yeah, there's me ripping the kitchen out and taking it to the tip. And He had FOMO. Yeah, he had real FOMO. So we were like, right, we'll try and escalate it now and, and see how quickly we can build it up and, and get you out kind of thing. So we bought another two. So we had five at that point, renovating one. Um, uh, and, and you're... And you're... Let's think here. So it's very easy to say, well, you know, we just went out and bought these properties. Was there, <laughs> and this is what I like about you, there, there doesn't appear to be any clear cut plan. Oh, God, no. Right? You're not, you're not st number stacking, deal crunching, analysing. No, we've not had a single spreadsheet <laughs> up until that point at Love all. So I mean, we do now, obviously, we've got to do a yeah. lot more tracking of stuff now. But yeah, at that point, it was just, we knew how much properties were in the area. So we did do some research, looking around, yeah. what could they sell for? Was it a good deal? We were lucky that we had, because we took the equity out of the property. I mean, this is it. we started off with a bit of money, which made it easier. But it's still surprising, even when you've got that bit of money to invest. It's such a long time before you make any back. Because I still see it now when people talk about, you know, you silly, don't rush to pay your mortgage off. You know, take your equity out, equity out of your property and you buy and you get two buy-to-lets or three buy-to-lets that do this and do that. But if you've got a limited company and you do that, and you're buying properties through the limited company, your mortgages have just gone up right. by however much that is. So unless you're working for the company and taking a wage, yeah. that's coming out of your pocket. Yeah. Yeah. So it's still difficult. I mean, for a good six, seven, eight months, we didn't make a penny. Yeah. Um, and then obviously we, we got a tenant in, so it's still only, because the first couple we did were buy to let, because that was our plan in the beginning, buy, refurbish, refinance. So the idea was to hold on to them? Yes, completely. And run them and, as buy to let. And run them as buy to let. So that's what we did with the first two. And we were lucky that by the time we refinanced, so that's why we, I say, oh, we bought another. We'd, we'd buy cash, refinance, use that money, Got you it. know, spread it out a little bit, buy another couple. And, and at this point, I'm interested to know, like, had you, I understand that you hadn't done courses and, you know, sat there and gorged content about how to do this and you didn't really have a laser focus plan, but did you at least like sit down and say, okay, where are we trying to get to? What are we trying to accomplish here? What's our end goal? What kind of life are we trying to create? Was that yeah, there? Yeah, I did, I did spend a lot of time online. It wasn't completely blind. I did do a lot of research into it um, yeah. and added a lot of groups and followed a lot of groups right, and got a lot right, of advice. Right. And then, you know, if someone mentioned something in a group that I didn't quite understand, I'd do a bit of research on it and, you know, getting the idea to, how to do it. But the whole plan really was, because, you know, people say, is it cash flow? Is it, you know, capital right. appreciation? Is it a pension? What are you trying to do? We were trying to do it all. We wanted to be able to leave work because we were making enough money. We wanted to have a comfortable pension. So we've got this pot that yeah. of properties that at that point, if we wanted to hand it off to anybody else to manage at that point and just yeah. take the money or do whatever and also build it up for the kids. Build a nest egg for the kids. Yeah, absolutely. So that's why um, the latest thing we've done is help the kids set up a company. So the latest property purchase they've done wow. because we, because of the whole plan, it is to leave them to that. Yeah. leave it to them in the end but then there's still inheritance tax sure. even with a limited company there's you know there's, there's, they'll always get you somehow yeah, or other absolutely. so we've said you know let's 
sort it with the kids. So the kids have got a property now that is getting renovated at the minute. So we're taking control of, of the majority of it, you know, um, and, and doing all the, the spec to get it where it needs to be. But we're future-proofing that property as well. So because we don't know where regulations are going, if that's going to be a holiday let. So we're making sure we're fitting all the fire doors, but all the fire casings as well, wow. because you never know where it's going to go, you know, going to go kind of thing. That's, that's really smart. Um, yeah, not a lot of people do that. So did, did you ever think about stuff like, you know, higher cash flow in, you know, rental properties like HMOs or anything? Or I'd, Yeah, we'd love to do that. But we we don't we don't have enough knowledge of that yet, kind of you thing. You don't it's need scary. knowledge. <laughs> well, yeah, you've true. proven that. But we have we have actually said with this one we're we're kind of specking it up because it's a four. Well, it was a two bed. We made it into a four bed. Um, so this is it. We're fitting the fire casings and stuff because we're thinking if ever it could become a HMO, just future proof, just mm. plan for everything. Yeah. We fitted a little shower room upstairs into a corner that you couldn't really fit anything in, but it's got an upstairs and a downstairs bathroom now, and yeah. just try and. Because because in the beginning we, we had this plan of what we're going to do when we've gone off, it's like, right, well, let's try and cover a lot of bases now and, and future-proof yeah. things and try and do things. And I think it, I think that's something that, um, you know, is important is to is to know where you're trying to head to, right? And we, we had this discussion in the beginning with the people that we work with, with our, with our mentees. What are you trying to achieve? What, what is your, what's your vision? What's your why? What's the end goal here? Because, you know, there's different... If you've got kids, for example, do you want to build something where you want a legacy to mm. pass over to them? If you're, if you don't have kids, if you don't have anyone that you necessarily want to build that for, you know, do you want to concentrate on cash flow for right now, right? That's going to be able to change your life today and tomorrow and give you the life that you want while you're young and you can enjoy it. Mm -hmm. So it's important to look at where you are and what you're trying to achieve. Otherwise, you can just you know, just go day to day and you're doing it, you're working hard, you're grinding, you're hustling, you're learning, yeah. you're, you're doing great stuff, but you're like, okay, why? Ours was more time because it was um, COVID that really shook us up. I loved working from home. Um, obviously, COVID was terrible, not have you, but for me, working from home, it just changed my mindset completely because we were like, you spend all this money on your mortgage and, and your property and you're out all day at work you know you, you go into work every day to pay for this property that you're not really living in yeah. or enjoying um and we've always loved to holiday so even like i said we've bought new houses we've never spent anything on them we've put our nice furniture and we've done what we needed to do but we've never done any big spend on the house because especially the kids growing up we just always wanted to travel take the kids somewhere because i said when they're older they won't say oh you know we had a lovely living room yeah. they'll say we had great holidays you know yeah. great memories it's it's a it's a it's a subject that's um, close to my heart, right? Obviously, I spend a lot of time overseas, and and I completely completely buy into that. And I think it's something that people need to wake up to in this country specifically. The weather's bad. I get that. There's a certain lifestyle in this country that means that people work all the hours to then use that money to buy these materialistic things like a big TV, nice throw pillows, <laughs> and you know a four thousand pound couch. Yep. to spend all of their downtime or free time, which is not a lot, yep. in this house. And it's like, where's the, where's, the, where's the living? Where's the excitement? Where's the memories? Yeah. Where's the experiences? Yeah. You know, yeah, absolutely. it doesn't make sense to me. No. But I think it's something that's just kind of drummed into you as a kid in the education system here. And yeah. it's just the life that you don't just get thrown into. Don't get me started on the education system. Oh, yeah, don't get me started. That's a whole, other, a, a whole other podcast. <laughs> so broken and archaic. But... Uh, <laughs> We are where we are. Um, so, well, it, it, it already sounds like you, you had all the makings, the mindset, the understandings and the beliefs of someone who was going to take a different path. So 
So now you're in property full time. Mm-hmm. You're doing the the BRR thing. Um, the plan is to hold. Yes. Right. Yeah. We don't plan on selling anything. So now you're building legacy wealth for your kids, mm-hmm. but you're also now in this dilemma where a lot of people find themselves, which is okay. I'm building legacy wealth, and I've been in this position. I've built a buy to let portfolio. Mm-hmm. They bring in, you know, a nice amount of money each month, pays the mortgages, there's plenty left over, but it's not enough to change, <clears throat> excuse me, to change my life now, right? Yeah. That's going to help me in 10, 15, 20 years time yeah. through capital appreciation. So I was caught in the dilemma of, okay, I'm building long-term security, but I need money and cash flow now. Yeah. So is that what is that the kind of position you was in? Yeah, and you started looking got, around at yeah. other strategies? Yeah. Uh, so basically we got the third property that we bought, um I'm still love the <clears> house. It was it's our unicorn property. Um we didn't even do anything to it and bought it cash, refinanced it six months later and it was revalued at thirty five grand more. Just like I said, just buying at the right time. I mean we knew at the time it was cheap, we we thought it was strange. And that's the first one we did service accommodation on. And it's just been an absolute a boom, that one. The 35 co- grand in six months. Yeah. And we didn't touch it. We didn't even give it a lick of paint. And that's and that's tax-free yeah, money, it, right? Yeah, because we you, re- yeah, refinanced it and then reinvested that uh, towards buying the next the next two. So it actually paid us three and a half grand to buy it. That's insane. Yeah, cost us 90 grand and yeah, got valued at 125. So mortgage was like 93 and a half grand. It was and just mad. And what's interesting about this, guys, is that Kelly's doing all this and achieving all this and everything that she's done up to this point with no education. Yeah. You did a TikTok. bit. Of, yeah, you did a bit. You did a bit, you did a bit of self Online, training yeah. at home, yeah. but you haven't done any official training. No. And that's why I think it's really interesting here. I'm a big advocate for training, 100%. I think every. I don't think anybody would say going out and do something without any knowledge. We're not saying that here. But what I am saying is that Kelly was very careful not to fall into this trap that a lot of people find themselves in, which is course after course after yeah. course after course after book after book after podcast. After, and, and, and you know, all at that time, standing there jobs and thinking one day, one day, one day, mm. right? Yeah. You just took massive action and you said, I know I can do this and you went out and did it. Yeah. And that's... And it's scary though as well. And Of course it's scary. You know, and you, you do doubt yourself at times and stuff, but you've just got to give it a go. That's, you know, yeah. that's the only way to do it, jump in. Do you, do you think you would have giving it a go if you'd have got that job in the trailer I company at some point? Uh, I do, yeah, I probably do think so, actually. Yeah, I do think I would have done. Um, it would have been a change. harder decision, obviously, because yeah. it would have been walk away more from responsible. Zone. Yeah, yeah, but I, I mean, I walked, I didn't walk away, but um, the salary I left was a really competitive salary. It was a big, I think I would have struggled to have left it, to yeah. be honest. Yeah. So, like I say, everything happens for a reason. Absolutely. And you said something when we were talking before we started the episode, which was interesting. You said, admittedly, and I think a lot of us are in the same position, we might now be time rich, right? And we have the freedom to do what we want, when we want, with who we want, go where we want, have all those amazing luxuries. But at the same time, we're maybe not making enough, uh, the same amount of income, right, as we no. was from our job. Yeah. But then you're like, okay, what is true wealth, right? Yeah. What is the most important thing? Okay, I was making more in my corporate job where I was doing 45, 50 hours a week, you know, where I was taking all that stress home with me, where I was worrying about getting up the next day, getting there on time, all the rest of it. 
paying all the tax and blah, 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 blah. I'm making a little bit less now, but yeah. I'm in complete control of my life, my time, my exactly. choice. Exactly, absolutely. And we're still living the same life that we did. I think you just get into a habit of you spend what you've got. Yeah. Um, and we've not noticed a change in our lifestyle yeah. at all. Yeah. Um, so you've taken a bit. You've taken a back step initially. And there, look, there's nothing to say here. And and I and I highly doubt that in a couple of years' time you will not be making more than you was in your corporate job. I yeah, think, yeah. You know, most of us, if we just carry on pushing forward, getting up and failing forward and moving forward and learning and growing and building, it's inevitable that you're going to yeah. get to a point where you're earning substantially more than you was in your job. But yeah. yes, there will be a period where you step back a little bit, yeah. but you get your time back, you're in control, you're in, you're in, you're in, yeah. And then it's like, I was up last night at 1 a.m., knowing I had to get up at six to come here, writing uh, a post, you know, Yeah, about I saw that fantastic... this morning when I woke up, yeah. it said like four hours ago, and I'm like, oh, yeah, it's yeah. about one o'clock. But the, my point is, is it, it, I wanted to do it. Because we'd just yeah. come off a fantastic mentoring session. Yeah. We'd had some great success stories from some of our mentees, you know, big bookings, new properties. And it was like, I want to document this stuff. I wouldn't have given a shit if that was about my job, job. Yeah, right? Absolutely. That I was getting a salary for. So that's something to just bear in mind. Okay, so let's start touching on the service accommodation aspect now. Mm-hmm. Um, how did you even know about it? I actually had a, a friend who worked at Touchstone for a while. Okay. Um, and she's the one who talked to me about it, basically. So um, I, I think she was only there for a few months, but she just told me about the concept. And this was probably a couple of years before we even did it. And they were talking about doing it, her and her husband, and um, just kind of telling me the kind of things that she'd learned, what people do. And I would have never even imagined, I'd have never even thought of it. So then I started following following those on Facebook and then mm. anyone that's linked to that, just, you know, just kind of getting a bit of, yeah. bit of knowledge about it. Um, and then it was just, yeah, finally we just took, took the leap with that, um, with that third, house. yeah, with that third property that we bought. But to be honest, because we were both working at that time and we didn't know anything, we used a local management company. Okay. We approached them. So basically I did some Airbnb stalking, yeah. found a management company that were local, yeah. just messaged them and said, you know, do you manage other people's as well? So they said, yeah, came out, had a look, told me what to do. And they just took it off our hands and managed it and just paid us every month. And then I just realised after a year, like, when we were buying more properties, so the next one that we got, I just said, I'll do that one. I'll do that one on my own kind of thing. I was going to leave that one with them, uh, but then obviously I got made redundant and it was like, right, let's just do this on our own. So I just did a lot of research online, just made sure we were compliant. Um, and that was it. Just took it from there. Okay. So... There was Again, no, just jumped in quite quick. Yeah, yeah, jumped in quite quick. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, and you'd already you'd, you'd already bought the property, right? So it's not like you, because obviously what we would teach or what we work with our mentees about is before you go out and buy the property, the first stage is to sit down, go into detail about yeah. who's my avatar, who's my perfect uh, client, buy a property that suits them, that matches their requirements, furnish it a certain way. But there was none of that with you. No, you we, just... we did we did consider turning it into HMO because it was a big property. It's one of these TARDIS properties that's kind of sm- just small going. at the front, but at the back, it was huge. And so we bought it in the November. We didn't do anything with it till the February. I mean, this is another thing, we, because we were like, we we're getting tradies out, you know, yeah. could we could we do this with it? Could we, we didn't know what to do. We thought we could HMO it. It just seemed a waste. It was a two bed house. It just seemed too big to just put on the rental market and maybe get 600 quid for. Yeah. Because there was just a lot of different spaces in there. Um, and then, yeah, it was just finally like, let's, let's just do it. Let's just try a try a service accommodation. Just give it a go. Okay. So 
But we knew it'd do something. We'd, right. we'd got it at a good price, even if we ended up letting it. It, yeah. it would have it been okay. Yeah. And, and I guess another good thing, just as you're kind of saying, like things that come to mind, like the good thing about serviced accommodation is you can, you know, with some, some basic knowledge, you can give it a go, right? Yeah. And if it doesn't work, then you can pivot. You can yeah. change from there, right? Yeah. You can say, yeah. okay, this maybe it's not working. Maybe we're the wrong market, wrong area, wrong property, whatever it is. And then, and then you can, excuse me, you can pivot. So, so how did that go? Did it? How was how was your levels of occupancy and stuff? Did it? It was it was really good. We we're probably about 75 percent. Um, so it was bang on the but mark. But we still, yeah. But we were paying for laundry and cleaning and stuff. We didn't make. Sometimes we made probably what we would make if we'd just let it out. Yeah. Because obviously we we're paying a management fee as well. Right. Right. Um. So when we took the other one, uh, just put that one straight on Airbnb, and that one. That one just did brilliantly straight away. Um, Who's your, who was your typical client, like your avatar that was coming through? Um, we get a lot of contractors. So we're at the minute now. Now we've got we've uh, how many have we got now? Seven that we've got running at the minute. Uh, we're about fifty percent direct booking contractors, which oh, I love. I love contractors are the yeah, best. They are the best. They are the best, and the the longer bookings. Yeah. Um, and we tend to, once they've stayed once, we tend to go direct after that. So, yep. and I get a good relationship with them and, and things like that. So, yeah, and we still do get the Airbnb and Booking.com bookings, but they always tend to be two to four nights kind of thing. Um, so sometimes when they come through, I've been looking at your, uh, some of the posts you've been doing recently about blocking out further dates because we've got some into May that like they've got two days, then there's a three day gap, then there's two days. Right, right. Um, about maybe blocking out a little bit mm. for future but what we tend to do is because we're not completely always booked out if we've got a little two-day booking and we've got someone who wants to extend we'll just ask we'll offer them another property sure yeah. um, we tend or, to do that a lot or even and we was um we was having this conversation last night actually on one of our mentoring calls um you know if you if you do find yourself in that situation you know you can always offer just put just if it's a two-night thing and it's messing up a six-week yeah, just you know, put them yeah. in a nice hotel, buy them breakfast. You yeah. know, send them somewhere fancy. This is it. It's worth it, right? They're yeah. gonna be they're gonna be happy, and you're gonna get the business. Yeah. So it's not the end of the world, but if you can avoid it, obviously that's the that's the best thing. Yeah. So 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 this the the unicorns working, and you're now like okay, I'm seeing the benefits of service accommodation. Mm -hmm. I've got my legacy assets locked in. You know, the kids are taken care of. We're now focusing on cash flow for today. Yeah. So that we can get into this life where you can actually and I'm so I'm so passionate about this because like you can spend people don't seem to realize what is the point of busting your ass working 45 50 hours 80 hours 100 hours a week through the best prime years of your life yeah. and then you get to, to like 60 and you're like fuck yeah, yeah. I made it and then yeah. it's like, shit, my blood pressure's through the roof. I've got arthritis and I'm overweight and stressed yeah. out, my cholesterol. You can't enjoy the, the fruits of your labor all that hard work. So we've got to we've got to do it for today. Yeah, exactly. Right? Exactly. So you realize that. So you're yeah. like, okay, the cash flow from the SA business is the vehicle we're going to use. Yeah, absolutely. Tell me about that. So um, obviously we had at that point then, by March last year, we had three running it ourselves and they were doing well. Um and then we had two buy to lets as well. So everything was going nicely. We weren't, we were turning over a decent amount of money, but not enough that we could both leave work or anything like that. And I was only taking a little bit out of the company. Yeah. Um, and then it was my husband who, um, my husband said, why don't we try 
Rent to SA because we'd heard a little bit about it. We'd been doing a bit of research online, and luckily one of his friends at the time had, had advertised a property up for rent. He'd oh, what had a surprise! Move the out. timing worked perfect for Kelly. <laughs> so we approached him and said, "You know, can we have a look? We'd love to take it off you." And he's like, You'll, "You've got first refusal. If you want it, I won't even show anybody else around it." He goes, "By the way, I've got another one coming up at the end of this month. People are moving Ka-ching. out." So yeah, so we took this one on the I think the third of May and the second one on the 1st of June, but he actually, the, the moved out something like the 27th of June and he gave us the keys and we had three days basically to turn it round because from that February, when I first left work, we got a, a contractor book in and we couldn't get her enough properties. So this is another reason why we took on the Rent to SA. We ran out of, pro- she said, have you got anything else? She'd filled all three of our houses constantly. Um, have you got anything else? And we were like, when do you need it for? And she gave us a date and we said, right, and we went out and got these properties and just Love literally that. the second one three days we had the keys within three days fully furnished turned three around three days three days i did that one in because she was desperate wow they were coming over from from abroad from italy they were flying over and they needed somewhere so that that is huge what kelly just said there and we always bang the drum about this when someone says I've got 200 more guys coming to site. Do you have any more? Do you have any more property? You just find them. You say yes. Oh yeah, I did. Yeah, I said no problem. Even if yeah. you don't have it, or even if you don't want to take on any more, you say yes, and you go and find that, Absolutely. and you take your commission. Absolutely. You never say no when someone asks you that. Yeah. And that this is like the thing about service accommodation and, and contractor specific, right? Yeah. Focusing on that as an avatar. Some of these, some of these projects, they go on for years. Yeah. And they involve thousands of people yeah. that are coming most most of the time from all over the country. Yeah. And just think about it. Like, I, we did a, a video recently um, about, you know, who would possibly stay in my property. Because I think a lot of people think, well, you know, I'm in this area. There's not really much here. It's not very pretty. You know, there's not much yeah. going on. Who's going to stay there? There are it's people, amazing. thousands yeah. of people moving around this country yeah. all the time. Yeah. And think about it. If you're a contractor and you're going to be on, on the site for six weeks... The boss can't put them people in hotels. No, you don't want to be in a hotel. You don't want to be in a You want to cook, you want a garden, yeah. you want a lounge, you want... Da, 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 it's it's more expensive, even if, even if I mean, Airbnb is cheaper than a hotel anyway. Right. Um, but even if it was a bit more expensive, you're going to save money in the long run because you're going to have to eat out exactly. or get takeaways or yeah. at least you can sit in the house and they get... Got to take their clothes yeah. to get laundered. I mean, there's more beer, empty beer cans and boxes ever in yeah, the yeah. dustbin than there are yeah. food wrappers. Pizza boxes <laughs> and beer, beer cans. The, the stove never goes on. No, Cooker rarely. Yeah. You don't need one of those. Yeah. So, all right, we're... I could talk to you for, for hours and hours about this. It's, it's really, really refreshing and inspirational. So I just wanted to highlight a couple of things. One, we're at a point now where we're starting to build the service accommodation portfolio with no official training. Mm-hmm. You haven't sat in a classroom. You haven't binged. You know, yes, you've, you've kind of binged some content at home, yeah. but you haven't done the official courses, which I think is awesome that you've got to a point where you, you've self-educated. And then you've combined that with a shitload of confidence and grind and go-getting and determination and and having a clear vision and you've gone out there and you've made it happen, which is amazing. The other interesting thing is that you've started to now source properties through basically putting yourself out there, talking to people, letting people know what you're doing and naturally and organically they've started to come to you as you've just proven. So what Kelly's done, which is interesting here, is she's start to source properties and build a business without any social media, right? You said to me before yeah. we started that you're not a big on social media. Not at all. And that's really interesting because I'm the opposite, yeah. right? And I say that to you. 
and with our mentees. It's like, tell everyone what you're doing, document everything, put it out there, content, 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 build a brand. But I'm completely open to the idea that you can still do good things by simply, you know, just cracking on yeah, and just yeah. dropping in casual conversations with people who are already in your network and opportunities will still come. Yeah, yeah. So that's how, how you're moving forward now with your business. Yeah, so we're working with three landlords now. So we do a mixture of um, the rent to SA plus just management as well. So we're looking now for more that we can probably just, just manage as well. Wow. So and we're trying to branch out areas now. So we've always predominantly been Scunthorpe because we're on our doorstep. So every property is within a five minute drive for us. So we, we, we like that. It's been important to us that we can keep an eye on it. Um, but we're branching out more now, not far. Doncaster, we're having a look at because obviously great transport hubs and a lot going yep. on there. Ghoul, there's a lot happening Ghoul way on. I'd love to get to Grimsby, Hull kind of way on. Yeah. So we're just trying to branch out a little bit more, but we are going to try the social media side more, get ourselves out there a lot more. Yeah. But it's scary. But Well, you know, you know what, Kelly? Um, if you've done what you've done up till now without any documentation of your journey, without any networking, I think, well, I don't think, I'm pretty sure that if you start telling everybody what, you, what you're doing, how you've done it, how quickly you've done it, you, you're just going to blow up. Yeah. I can definitely see that. So, so tell me a little bit as we start to, to think about maybe, you know, getting to the end here. Tell me a little bit about your life today. I know you love to travel. Yeah. Right? I know you like to go on your trips and, and get away and see some blue skies. So tell me what your life looks like today what you've managed to, you know, and, and, and the fact that you've managed to achieve that through service accommodation and how much time do you need to put into this business? So it's not as, as though like we've gone into this business, we're successful, so now we can travel kind of thing. Yeah. It's not worked that way. We've always loved to travel. So now we've just found a different way that pays for that to still happen without having to go to work and book annual leave and try and convince somebody else to move their leave because, you know, you want these dates off kind of thing. Um, so last minute, my, my daughter in January was, uh, she just had a birthday and um, a girlfriend had contacted us and said, well, I'm going to take her to Prague for the weekend, you fancy coming? So it was like on a Thursday, we're like, yeah, just booked our flights. Wow. Off we went because we could and, you know, you didn't have to speak to anybody and it was only a weekend in Prague, but it was just nice to be able to, to do that. We've got a cruise in two weeks today of Dubai. Um, kids are coming on. That's why I say kids. I know they're adults, but I still call them. They're your yeah. babies. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, we just we travel a lot with with them as well. Um, still, they still want to come on holiday with the mum and dad because we do do awesome holidays. We do. That's our main thing. That if you're going to go, you do something, you know, really special. Yeah. So we've got a couple more trips. He's got a boys' trip. I've got a girls' trip coming up. We've got um, we've got a big villa, fourteen bed villa, with our friends in. Lanzarote in August that we've booked. The secret, just... the secret to a happy marriage is that you're you're having your individual trips. Yeah, oh, you've got to. Which yeah, is amazing. Not enough for me. Girls don't do enough trips. Boys do. He gets to go on everybody's. He doesn't even know half the time whose birthday or stag do it is. But all his friends are going, so there's like 60 of them going. That's amazing. And he doesn't come <laughs> home to any silent treatment. No, no. <laughs> no, you've oh, got to. You've got to have your own. You've got to have your own time. That, I'm a big advocate for that. Yeah. that's that's really really cool. I'm a golf widow, so I'm used to it. So he's always golfing anyway. If he's not, go yeah. <laughs> Golf's blowing up. Yeah. Yeah. So, tell me um, a little bit about the systems and how have you structured the business to allow you to just randomly book a flight like that? So we've got um, a channel manager. Yeah. Um, so obviously anything that comes through 
automatically feeds and, and blocks it off on the other channels. We have an amazing, she's not a cleaner, she's a housekeeper basically, she does everything. So she goes in, we've, we've set up one of the properties, uh, the one that I was renovating um, last January, um, when I when I left my job, um, there's a kind of a back the old coal house building at the back. So um, that's separated from the house with a door. We keep that door locked. We've got an external entrance at the back, and we've turned that into a laundrette. So we've got our own laundrette, so we're not paying anybody no else to do our laundry. So our cleaner. So I've got two massive washers, big dryer, and it's like a washing line in there and stuff as well. I also make sure there's a washing line in every property, so that during summer. She can go in, wash the bedding, peg it out while she's cleaning. Quite often it's done. So she put the new bedding on, but then the rest of it's done, fold up, put back in the cupboard wow. for next time. So you buy all your, your linen? Buy it all, yeah. Okay. Yeah, and our um, cleaner comes in, she uh, changes the lockbox code to the next code, does the clean, does the laundry. She, I mean, we get, it's like half an hour. She charges her a time, basically. She's using our equipment and quite often she's washing it while she's cleaning. So it's two jobs done at once. Because we used to pay about £27 a turnover, which still wasn't bad. But that saves us a... Yeah, and it was good. Yeah, but it, it saves us a fortune. So she just does it all. And, I mean, the, we only got her last September. And three weeks later, we went away for two weeks. Our friends got married in Turkey and we went for the whole two weeks. We'd only, she'd only been working for us for three weeks and we left her to it. And she just absolutely nailed it. I did a little spreadsheet with all the codes and all the bookings that we had, but... It's, it's good in some ways if we've got the long contractor bookings that go over the time. I'll leave the, I'll leave the calendar open right until before we go. If there's a dodgy bit in between, I might block those couple of days off. But yeah. we've, not, we've not really had to a lot. You know, she's, she's more than capable. She's got everything at her fingertips. She's got keys for every property. She's local. I think a lot of people underestimate, I've done a bunch of posts about this, the importance of having a good cleaning team. Yeah. They're not just your cleaners. They're no. your eyes, your ears, your inspection team, yep. you know, your lockbox code change yeah, yeah, team, yeah. you know, they're, they're everything. And if you don't have that, if you don't have a reliable, trustworthy, you know, good cleaning team, then the business can be difficult, yeah. right? So that is yeah. a key fundamental part of business. Absolutely. And when you find them, treat them like family. Yeah, Buy them Christmas absolutely. gifts, give them bonuses. Yeah, we look after her, yeah. That's what we did when we got back from holiday. We couldn't believe how well she did everything. So she was nearly in tears. We, you know, we were like, here you go. Yeah. You know, because she she did a fantastic job. She's the reason that you're able to go away on your. But she's kind of trying. She's only just started out last year, so she's trying to build her business. Right. So that we've been a massive stepping stone for her. She's got so much work from us that we're kind of helping each other build our businesses up. And I've introduced her to like Heidi and you you know the who's in my area, close to my area, to try and get her you know kind of built up to. Yeah, Heidi's in Hull, right? Yeah, she she's more Barton, which is our side of the, the yeah. river so yeah. yeah Heidi's awesome we had yeah. her on the podcast she's uh, she's the real deal I like yeah. her a lot yeah she's true good. entrepreneur so so tell me a bit about um what does the future look like right you've now got your established uh, service accommodation business you are obviously looking to grow it you're going to throw yourself Absolutely. a little bit into the social media world and start obviously this podcast as well is going to attract some attention but just by documenting your journey what you're doing where you are how you've got there that's naturally going to bring people to you yeah so what, is, what does it look like? Where are you trying to get to? What's the end goal here? Um, what's it all about? For me, like I say, it's, it's focusing more on time. We get a lot more time now, um, but it's still not where I want to be. I'd love to, and everyone laughs at me because it's just so not me, but I'd love to just go off in a van for six months and just travel. Yeah. 
Um, and like I said, everyone's like, you won't like it, you know, because I like a nice hotel or whatever. But you, you've got the freedom. You could book into a nice boutique hotel or Absolutely. a spa for a few Don't nights. always and, have to stand about. Well, this is it. And it's just the travelling round. I'd love to do it around England first, but the weather will be terrible. Um, go off around Europe and just, just travel a lot more and just be able to know that you've got that income coming in. Because the good thing with ours, the way that we're set up, I mean, we don't hear a lot from our, even if it's the leisure guest clients who are visiting family or whatever, we don't particularly hear a lot mm. from anyone. All the systems are automated. They get an automatic message telling them what the key code is, which um, I always set it up that it's the last four digits of the phone number or the yeah. booking number. Yeah. And that's what, the, what, that's what she changes it to, yeah. um, our cleaner. And it's a welcome message, tells them, you know, have a nice day. We're very local. We always say I'm very local to the property, so if anything you need, just let yeah. us know. And quite often we don't hear a thing, and I don't mind not hearing a thing. Do you do any in-person meet and greets? No. Okay. We have met some before. If we've had the odd issue, we've had an issue, um, the contractors once there was something in one of their rent-to-rent properties that um, with the drainage in the bathroom. So we went and had a look. We couldn't fix it. We said, we can get a plumber here tomorrow, um, but do you, you know, we can move you? And they're like, oh, no, it's fine. You're not going to get that, are you? Mate, with, with mate, yeah, no, not they're like, with no, don't worry about it. It's fine. Yeah. And yeah, we've had that. That makes me think of um, we had a property we'd only recently taken it on. I think it was, it was like our second set of guests or something. My sister went in there the morning of these people was arriving just to do a quick check over, and there was a and like an ant infestation. There was oh, ants God. everywhere, all over the floor, all in the cupboard. Some someone had there was something. I don't know what it was, but and they were arriving. Literally, they turn up on the drivers. My sister was like frantically panicking, you know, she was going to rush out and get some ant stuff. And all. And they were like, oh, not a yeah, problem. Yeah, like, we'll sort that, we'll take yeah. care of that. Yeah. Contractors are, are really, are really... And he, he's ended up, that guy, he's booked with us half a dozen times since then direct. He's, yeah. He always comes to us, have you got a property? And I'll always yeah. make sure that we find him one. Yeah, amazing. One way or another. <clears throat> just um, something that I just want to touch on and, and this isn't so much to do with you Kelly but maybe for people who are watching or listening or thinking about getting started or thinking about maybe next year or, or but something that kind of sticks in my mind is somewhat relevant now that we're talking about time and what's mm. important and getting it all done and you know enjoying life while you can while you're still young enough to do it but in my old job I never quite got around to the story but I'll save that for another time I used to I used to work in um, in the super yacht industry like I was telling yeah. you about and our boss, who was a, a literally a multi-billionaire, right? Amazing, amazing, amazing guy. Very old, old guy, but amazing. Like respectful, polite, treated us great. You know, I was yeah. with him personally, working alongside him for, for eight years. Wouldn't have done that if he wasn't a great guy and if the family weren't great. But the point of the story is that he, when I was working with him, he, he was in his 80s, multi-billionaire, right? huge amount of wealth, huge amount of, of respect around the world, you know, big stages, politicians, you know, huge. The people that would come on board were like, you know, yeah. big time. But the point is that I used to sit and I used to watch him. I found him very intriguing, very, very smart, very intellectual. He used to read the papers in five different languages every morning. We'd have them delivered wow. in five different languages. You'd read in front to cover the Financial Times. But... At the end of the day, right, with everything that he'd achieved, with all of his multiple marriages that he'd lost because of how much he was working and all of the, everything, like, he was alone, right? Yeah. He was alone and, and you could tell he wasn't really happy because he was old, right? He was old and he couldn't do things anymore that 
he wished he could. And I know if I would never have asked him, but if I'd have said to him, would you switch your wealth today to get your time back and be a young person again? For sure, like yeah. in a, in a heartbeat. Yeah. Yeah. And that was always something that stuck in my mind. And that's why I'm so against this idea of, you know, work, 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 get the Lamborghini, get the house. If you can do that while at the same time you're able to have enough time to enjoy those things, yeah. that's different. But if you're just working your ass off to by the time you're you're old achieve monetary wealth mm. and you've given up the best years of your life in exchange for it, I think that's bullshit. Yeah, absolutely. So what would you say to people who are sitting at home thinking, wow, Kelly's inspirational, I love what she's achieved, she's now got financial freedom, time freedom, does what she wants, with who she wants, where she wants. What would you say when they're thinking maybe next year? I'm going to do that next year. Just just do it. Just jump in and do it. As long as you've got... Because we didn't do it completely blind of like no, you know, no financial knowledge at all. We, As long as you've got an idea that whatever... If, you, if, if you're going to jump in and buy something, just make sure you're buying at the right price because you make money when you buy, not when you sell. I mean, and that is really, really true. Um, but I, I think it's just important just to, to give it a go. As long as you've got... What we kind of said is with us, we were lucky that we had that bit of financial backing behind us that if it was to go tits up, as it were, we might have had to have sold our house to pay it off or whatever, but we were never going to be destitute. And like we said, we, we, we lived in rubble for a year. You know, if we had to just buy something else smaller and or rent somewhere, we had each other, we gave it a go. You know, we were happy with that kind of thing. Um, so as long as you've got it in you and you know you've got a goal, just aim for that goal. And if anything goes wrong on the way to it, just, just keep going, just keep going. Yeah. Amazing. The, you know, what, what is the worst thing that can, that can happen? Now, I understand that you, you know, took these chances, took these opportunities while you also had some investments to fall back on, like you said. And, yeah. But that, that was kind of a, a consequence of the hard work that came before it. But really, when you look at your own personal situation, even if you don't have assets, you know, and, and yeah, I'm not saying jump, leave your job, quit everything and go all in on property or, or in on your dream, whatever that is. But maybe while you've got that job, start your side hustle. That's what we right? did. We just started it in the background. But I mean, I could have quite easily said, oh, we started this journey, but then I lost my job. So I was like, oh, no, we can't do it anymore. I just exactly. need to get another job. So it's yeah. just where you take mm. it, you know, and yeah. how determined you are to, to kind of go for it. Yeah, because so many people come home from their job, right? It's, it's, it's five o'clock in the evening, they've got home, and then they spend the rest of the night laying on the couch, scrolling TikTok. Right when they could be putting three hours of that evening into building their side hustle, yeah. learning their side hustle, educating themselves on yeah. something that's going to eventually get them out of that job. Yeah. So I think it's all about wanting it enough, being hungry enough, being inspired, and guys following people who are where you want to get to. Yeah. Right. Look at Kelly and be like, okay, she's done this with with without you know spending tens of thousands on training or you know analyzing over analyzing everything. Can this you know this paralysis analysis she just yeah. went all in she went for it she knew that, 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 that this would potentially work out. and i think it's important to know as well though that you hear all these stories and it sounds incredible but there is a reality to yeah. that as well where we are now is exactly where our goal was but it doesn't it pays the bills it pays us a wage which is brilliant we always said as long as we can you know do this get a wage for it ourselves still make a little bit of money and, and this that, and the other and we're at that point now but like i say we're not making what we made on our salaries yeah. so you kind of always want to build it up to be bigger yeah but you've just got to realize when people say you know you can turn over five figures a month by the time you've paid the rents and the yeah. mortgages and 
we're still stuck with council tax because the VOA take forever to get yeah. them onto business rates. So yeah. we're paying business rates and council tax and the waste bins on some properties because yeah. it's just a mess. Um, there's a lot of outgoings with it as well. There is. And there's, even though we've got a lot of time back, we're not putting half as much time in as we would on uh, a job. Um, because of what we're doing, we're doing refurbishments and stuff as well. So some days we'll be working all day down at the houses. Some days we'll just go to the coast and have fish and chips. Yeah. You know, and it's just nice to have that little bit of freedom. But at the same time, it is, you're not making a fortune in the beginning because there's a lot of expense when, you, when you're when you kitting a place out even. It's a, big, imagine, it's a, yeah. big, it's a lot of our front expense. Absolutely. And we, we say that, you know, we say, look, the rent to service accommodation model is a strategy that gets you started quick. Right, you don't yeah. need tens and hundreds of thousands of pounds for deposits. It starts generating cash flow. It can get you in a position where you now have more freedom to start looking, you know, once you've built up your service accommodation business and you're comfortable with it and it's systemized and automated and giving you an income, then you can start looking at the longer, you know, more legacy building strategies, yeah, yeah. right? Buying, you know, converting, you know, adding value, you know, yeah. all that kind of stuff. But this business is great to, to get you into the position where you, as a springboard. Definitely. Right? Absolutely. And, and yeah. you're, 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 uh, you've proven that. So, mm. so Kelly, um, it's been an incredible, inspiring story. I think Thank you're you. amazing. I think what you've achieved and, 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 and the speed at which, which you've done it. And I really like the fact that you're doing it with your partner as well. Yeah. You've yeah. raised your family. You've kind of come from nothing to where you are today. And you've done it all as, as this unit, which I think is really nice. Yeah. You haven't let it break you down. You haven't let the stress or the anxiety or the worry of it all kind of affect your family life. So I think that's really inspirational as well. You know where you're trying to get to. You're living your best life now through serviced accommodation. You've got the legacy assets already set up in the background. Your kids are taken care of. Like when you wrap it all up in a little yeah, package like yeah. that, you're like, shit. I think sometimes that's... you have to step back and, and you don't really see it when you're in it. Yeah, you know? it's really, um... really cool. So one last question that I'd like to ask that I, like, I ask pretty much everyone that comes on the podcast. And I'd, and, I'd, and I'd ask you if you can to be as vulnerable and honest with it as you can be, <laughs> as comfortable as you can be. So I think there's a lot of mental health issues in the world. I think there's a lot of people that pretend they're okay, talk a big game, but when they're at home alone, they're like in a really dark place. Mm -hmm. Social media, the pressures of business, the pressures of relationships, family, whatever it is, not feeling fulfilled, not feeling worthy, not feeling like they've achieved anything. Mm -hmm. Now, a lot of people might be listening to this, looking at you and saying, Kelly's smashing it. You know, she's achieved all this stuff. I wish I could be more like Kelly. Are you today happy? with where you are and where you're going. Absolutely, yeah, definitely. Because, but everyone has the moments, you know. It is really intimidating when you have to sit down and you're doing the accounts and like we've, we've, we've just gone VAT registered and we're, you know, I'm having to deal with all that and do VAT returns and then just, just knowing really, I've had a bit of experience in accounts and stuff, so I know some things, but I'm not really educated in that properly to know the rules and, it's a really scary place and sometimes I just have days where I, say, I just feel like I want to cry. I don't no know days. why, but it's just, it's just, you know, sometimes you're just overwhelmed. It is overwhelming because you're responsible for your own future, you know, and I know you could lose a job like that at any time. It, it's happened, but you do have that. You feel like you've got that security, I think, in an employed role. Um, but I'm getting more and more out of that mindset now because I think you kind of end up getting trained into an employee mindset where you think, you've got to be kind of busy all the time or you feel like you're failing if you're, you don't know what you're doing in the next day or, you know, I should be doing so. I had that kind of thing. I feel like I should be busy all the time, like I'm at work. 
and getting that mindset of, you know, just enjoy it a little bit. Right, you know. there is a thing around that. When you oh, sit at home, you're like, I should be busy, I should be doing something. guilt, it's terrible, but Rick's brilliant for that because he doesn't feel any of that at all. So, he, you know, he's really, really laid back, which which is why it, it works so well. And he's like, oh, you know, don't yeah. worry about it. Let's go get Chip Shop Friday, come on. Yeah, yeah. It's two o'clock, yeah. we should be finished, you know, and it's, it's, it's great because you can, you can choose, you know, pick and choose a lot more. Because a lot of people have said to us, like, is it going to be all right? You know, working together, that's brave. I couldn't do that, you know, when we're renovating the house together and stuff. Yeah. But we love it. We love it. Amazing. Amazing. Kelly, it's been a great, it's been a great time listening to your story. I'm so, so glad that we could get you on. And, and, I, and I think that people listening and watching this are definitely going to be inspired. And I would say, guys, if you want to know anything about, yeah, be inspired. Look at what Kelly's achieved. If you want to do the same thing, if you want to get into the service accommodation world, flips brrs whatever it might be uh or just kind of sitting down and trying to work out a way forward maybe you're coming out of a you know a bit of a difficult spot with work and you're looking to transition and you just need a bit of a confidence boost to see what's possible check out kelly we're going to put all of kelly's um contact details in the show notes on the podcast so are they okay to reach out absolutely yep feel free to reach out no problem at all Awesome. Kelly, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. It's been fantastic. And we'll wrap it up there. And guys, we will see you next week for another episode of the Airbnb Nomads. Thanks, Kelly. Thank you.